We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This isn't dark, you're listening to the I Can Kiss It. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Post-Game Podcast Edition. I'm your host for tonight, Nick, joined by Jacob, as the Thunder lose to the Pistons in preseason action by a final score of 128 to 125. Jacob, how's it going? It is going well, Nick. Early game, 6 p.m. tip. Um, different. But so getting into the East Coast swing already. Uh, but a fun one. We got another early one coming up on Sunday as well. Against the old Charlotte Hornets. Before we get into this game, Jacob, got some fun stuff coming up. Why don't you plug some of our upcoming events that listeners can come hang out? Heck yeah. So we have a watch party coming up on Friday, October 27th, out at Bar K in Oklahoma City. It's a dog park and a bar. You definitely do not have to bring your dog to come to the watch party. It is free for all humans. Dogs will be um, discounted cover charge that night, five bucks per dog. So if you want to bring the pup out and hang out, feel free. We will be having giveaways. We'll be hanging out. There's food. There's drink specials. There's some other stuff going on at Bar K that night as well. So bring out the whole family. Have a good time. And join us to watch the Thunder versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. Second game of the season. Should be a really good one. It's a Friday night. We don't got work the next day. It's a 6 p.m. tip out on the east side of the, of the country. It's going to be a good time. So mark your calendars. Friday, October 27th. Come hang out with us. Uh, we'll be giving away some signed Thunder gear. We'll have uh, some goodies to give away to everybody who comes through and says, what's up? We're going to live pod from there afterwards. The food is great. The drinks are great. The vibes are great. And Again, if you want to come without your dog, feel free. Just come hang out with us. It's it's free for you to get in. We are going to be in a separate like private viewing room slash bar area, so you don't got to worry about being around the dogs if you don't want to be. 
It's going to be a good time. 16 TVs, Nick. All with the Thunder game on it. Is a lot. Matt Noon with a good question. Can you bring someone with the dog in them? You might have to pay five bucks. Yeah, you may have to pay. So Chet has to pay to get in. Don't show your dog at the door. And I mean that in multiple ways. (laughs) Unless you want to pay five bucks or go to jail, probably not the best (laughs) idea. Um, Jacob, I think for for this postgame pod, like it's preseason. Um, no need to do a whole play-by-play, but I think big picture, if you didn't watch the game, um, Kay didn't play. Jalen Durham was a late scratch. So the Pistons were a little shorthanded, probably two guys that are going to start during the regular season. Um, Oklahoma City was mostly healthy. The only guys that were scratched were Trey Mann was a late one with a, kind of a, a tweak of an injury in pregame. Uh, Bertans didn't play. J-Will didn't play due to rest. Um, but primarily like the Thunder starting five, first time seeing them. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Um, the game itself, like Oklahoma City led by a lot. Like when when Oklahoma City's primary guys played, they were dominating, right? As expected. They were they had their entire starting five. Detroit, who's probably gonna be worse this year, didn't even have their starting five as expected. Game got much closer late. The Pistons, as mentioned at the top of the show. Um, obviously came out with the win by three points. That was primarily like fourth quarter. Um, I wouldn't say nobody's on both sides, but like non-rotation guys for the most part on both yeah, sides. It's exactly what a fourth quarter preseason yeah. game is all about. Get yeah. looks at the guys at the end of the bench, take inventory of what you've got and see what they do in actual game reps. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a good opportunity for them. And like you said, it's kind of the point of this. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say, I mean, a lot of the guys at the end were two-way guys for the Thunder, so it wasn't even like the guys fighting for roster spots. Um, I mean, I am curious though. Before we get into like big themes from the game, does Bertans being a scratch and the way he played Game One, and um, Jack White's DNP and JRE's thirteen minutes he played tonight, like, does does any of the rotations through the first two games? sway your opinion on who's making or missing this team in any way i mean i think conventional thinking would tell you oh jre doesn't get time until they're putting all the the guys who might not make the roster and two-way guys out there so that probably means he's not going to make the team and he's going to be one of the cuts and same thing with jack white the thing is nick like i kind of assume that sunday against the hornets none of the starting five play and they all ride the bench. They played in the third quarter today, which was kind of surprising. Um, I think there's going to be a game where JRE and Jack White start in the preseason. Uh, they're they're going to rotate them all in and out. So it's too small of a sample size right now to really like say, oh, this means something or this doesn't. Um you know, it's, it's just so hard to say because they've only played two games. We might come out Wednesday and JRE might play 35 minutes. Yeah, he probably will. I, I, there will be a game where that happens. Now, the final preseason game, I believe the final one is in Tulsa against the Pistons again. I think you're right. I would expect the starters to each play 30 minutes that night. Like, I think that final preseason game is a regular season tune-up. It's a dress rehearsal. Yeah. The rest of these ones, things are going to get funky from here until that game in Tulsa. They're just going to try stuff out. Um, They got, what, like 21 guys in camp right now? 
you just you got to take inventory and see what you got and you can do that in practice but it's better to do it in actual game reps against another team yeah complete aside um two things one i think if i mean coaches talk and like the whole point of preseason is is matchups and there's no like competitive advantage so there's a lot of i think transparency and who's going to play who's not I wouldn't be shocked if the Bucks say, hey, we're going to run Giannis and Lillard quite a bit tonight if that was the dress rehearsal game. Mm-hmm. Game four instead of game five, that wouldn't shock me. And then maybe game five is more of like the JRE 30 minutes a night kind of thing. Um, second thought is you mentioned 21 guys in camp. I think the depth of the current roster, even the guys that aren't going to make it, speak volumes to the build of this roster. I mean, in past years and and most teams you're signing like exhibit tens just to get guys in camp. Like Mm -hmm. it's not the case this year in OKC. It is very much every guy here is either going to be on the roster or be on a two way or going to be a really hard cut to make. So I think that just speaks to um, what Sam has built here. Like you've got a lot of guys that are NBA players that are actually fighting for a spot. So it's impressive. Um, The Obvious storyline tonight, Jacob, is the Lou Dort homecoming. I think the broadcast had mentioned he hadn't played in front of his home crowd in Montreal since junior or senior year. Um, I think he said pregame he had upwards of 100 people that he got tickets for, which ain't cheap. I'll tell you that. Not that Lou's hurting for money after that, that say, new contract. This is why you got that contract, Lou. Yeah, it, but but homecoming for him it was cool to see him come out and like they were setting up plays for him and said, Hey, fire away. I'm sure he knew that the bulk of his minutes were going to come in the first, you know, two and a half quarters. So he was firing away. He finishes with 24 points, five of nine from three, eight of 12 from the floor, four rebounds. I mean, we should get some more games in Montreal, Nick. Yeah. If that's the way that Lou plays, he can't, I I think he shot three, triples in the first 90 seconds of the game yeah um, his had, you said they're running plays for him i thought his teammates were just absolutely gunning for him oh yeah as they should like like this was this they, is a they, big they knew the moment game. like it and that's just it's really cool to see really cool yeah. to see yeah it was he and he played great like those are the kind of games that i guess even pre-game if you were to ask me like what's his stat line i would have said 28 points on 20 shots so just like the super inefficient chuck night and it was actually like 12 shots, 24 points. Like it's pretty efficient. It's a great game, a great game for Lou. Um, So that was the big storyline. I think that's another reason that thunder were frankly dominating the first, you know, 60% of this game for the most part is when Lou Dort is playing efficiently and Shea, I mean, he finished with uh, 13 points on four shots, like bonkers efficiency. Um, Crazy. Josh Giddy, 16 points on five shots, bonkers efficiency. Chet Holmgren, uh, 16 points on 11 shots. Wasn't the most efficient night from him, one of four from three, but... Hey, what? just so we're clear, Josh had five points on five shots. He was a plus 16. Plus 16, you're right, you're right. And and, and Shea was 12 on four shots. Um, the uh, the stat column was was tweaked yeah, right it, for me. Yeah, sometimes it, I, I do the same thing many a time. <laughs> but, but he was, but Josh was two for five. So 40%. I mean, I think you'll, mm-hmm. you'll take seven that. rebounds, four assists, like solid night, solid night from him. Um, J dub 18 or 17 points on 11 shots. Uh, dude is bonkers. We'll talk about him here in a little bit, but 
point being, when Lou is shooting that efficiently, and so is the rest of your starting lineup, and Chet's doing what he does defensively, and you've got this super hard to defend lineup of these jumbo players, like that speaks to the ceiling of this team. Definitely. And, you know, you said the storyline of the night is the Lou homecoming, which I agree. But I think the equally like 1B storyline of the night is this is the first time we got to see the starting five play basketball. Yeah. Never got to see it before. They've done it in practice. They've done it in training camp, but we haven't got to see it yet. We've never seen Shea Gojus-Alexander and Chet Holmgren on the basketball court together until tonight. And getting that opportunity was awesome, even though you know they were obviously running everything for Lou early. Yeah. Um, still working out kinks and whatnot. Um, I mean, we, we could we could just go down the list and talk about a bunch of guys, but Shea cooked. Um, Chet just kind of did his thing, and then the second quarter said, okay, I need to score the ball. Yeah. And what do you have, like, two points in the first quarter? Something Was like it, that, yeah. And then he just went bonkers yeah. there in that second. Um, you mentioned J-Dub. Like, there's... The big picture is Lou's homecoming and the starting five finally getting to play together. Mm-hmm. I think there's a whole lot of little micro stories within that yeah. and things we can really talk about. Um, you're the host. This is your show. Like You can pick what we go to, but I think there's a lot of fun things we can kind of dive into and have fun with tonight. Yeah, I think the first thing I want to talk about is like Chet's touch. Like I think you, when you think about a 7-1 big like Chet with the versatility that he possesses. You think about the pick and pop. You think about the perimeter floor spacing. You think about the midi jumper, the Dirk fadeaway, the putback dunk, the, you know, the, the layup near the rim, but he's had some plays these first two games where he'll like, he hits this spin move, which is working now. As soon as that's on tape, that's going to be cut off. So he needs to figure out a counter to that. But the way he does that spin or gets to the bucket and he kind of has this like, extended arm finger roll mm-hmm. the touch is nasty with a seven eight wingspan yes like you can't block that when he gets into your chest and extends out like you're not getting to it it's nasty so just seeing seeing some of the flashes from him we know he's a special player but some of the moves he makes and the shots he takes it's like that ain't a seven one guy doing that anywhere else across the league yeah and he was short on towards the end of his night he was all oh, the shots were missing a little bit short. Yeah. But Nick, what I was maybe most impressed with with Chet tonight, even though Jalen Duran didn't play, Detroit plays a lot of very like physically imposing guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they started with Bagley and Isaiah Stewart. Um your boy. Oh, why am I going blank on his name right now? James Wiseman. James Wiseman got a ton of minutes late. I thought Chet held up just fine. And there's not a whole lot of guys in the league that are bigger or more physical than those three. Right? Like you got like Joel Embiid, obviously. But those are like some of the most physical bigs in the league. And I thought Chet held up just fine. Like I was not worried at all. Um, I think he ends the night with three blocks and a steal. Um, And there were some possessions. Again... Some of my favorite plays during games, Nick, are just like really stupid things that I don't think maybe fans care about at all, but I just love. 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to say it was a James Wiseman um, setting a screen for um, Killian Hayes. And it was Josh Giddy and Chet Holmgren in the coverage and Chet got on the backside of the play and Hayes did that thing where like the, the ball handler puts the wing defender in jail, like gets him on his backside and kind of boxes him out. And he just kind of, kind of got stuck there because Chet was playing that middle ground, not letting him hit the pull up, but also taking away the lob and the pass down low. And he held it for just long enough that it allowed Giddy to get back around and into the play. And I think he blocked Killian Hayes on the the midi jumper that he finally took. But it's just little stuff like that where, I mean, Chet just completely blows up a pick and roll possession after the guy got Giddy in jail. And that should be, that's a 2-1-1. That should be a bucket every time. And Chet just erases that stuff. It doesn't show up in a stat sheet. It doesn't make a highlight reel. But those are like those little just super high IQ plays that win you basketball games. Yeah, I, I equally as impressive on the defensive end in the preseason has been J Dub. Game one, he's tasked with seven four seven five Victor Ominyama. Obviously skinny, but I mean Dub is damn near a foot shorter. Tonight, he's tasked with Beef Stew, who is a heck of a lot stronger, as strong as J Dub is, a heck of a lot stronger, heck of a lot heavier. Mm-hmm. And just plays ultra physical, right? And and what happened on the first play of the game? First play of the game, 
gets a steal off of him. Um, bodies him up all night. Even offensively, it was like going out of going out his head. Um, we talked a little bit before the preseason. How, how do teams defend OKC, but also how do they defend those teams? Like, is, is Josh playing more for? Is Dub playing more for in terms of defensive assignment? I think the answer is Dub's garden. Whichever big you want, Dub's garden him. Right. Whoever whoever Chet's not guarding, Dub's got the other front court player. And he's been super effective at it. It'll be interesting to see in an 82 game season. Can he hold up with that physicality? He's gonna get beat on if he is guarding these big guys. Like he's gonna guard LeBron James whenever they play the Lakers. You know, he's yeah. gonna guard Kevin Durant whenever they play the Suns. Jason Tatum. He's going to guard Jason Tatum. Zingus on the same team. Like, yeah, like he's going to guard a lot of big and physical dudes. But especially on the offensive end, Nick, the physicality that J Dub is playing with, it it's insane to me. Like, you watch some of these plays, he's got the ball in like semi transition. He takes like three dribbles, like in transition to size his man up and just says, Okay, lowers the shoulder and just plows right through their freaking chest and gets to the basket. Ends up with how many free throws tonight for J Dub? Um, six. Six free throw attempts. He went six yep. of 11 from the field. Yep. Uh, just living at the line. And then some of the pull up stuff, like guys are anticipating the physical drive. So they play off of him to absorb the contact. Mm-hmm. And he's taking these little step backs to get wide open uh, for a three, wide open for a mid range shot. He had a beautiful catch-and-shoot three in rhythm today. At digging in and getting steals. How many steals did he have tonight? Two? Three, three steals, three. two assists, a rebound. Uh, team high plus 18. I mean, one of the, the preseason questions for us was, have some of these emerging stars like taken another leap? For J-Dub, we are two games into preseason, Nick. Sample size be damned. Mm-hmm. He's made the jump. Like it's, yeah. it's insane. Too. Physically, yeah. he looks like Jimmy Butler or Jalen Brown to me. Yeah, he's he's impressive on both ends. I I mean, we've said it. National pods have said it. Like the hype is real around J Dub. He he's going to be incredible. I think that the starting lineup to to kind of wrap up this conversation here on the the starting five and the first time seeing him. They're going to be really good. Like, I think we saw an offense that was trending and it's preseason, but trending towards like 160 points in the game. Had they mm-hmm. played the entire game again, again, they were playing it's the Pistons with that, without a, t- two a bad team without yes. two starters. Yeah. Yes. But nonetheless, like the, this offense is going to be really good. The defensive upside is going to be even better. Some of that I want to talk about though, is the silly Meaches. That guy looked kind of bad early. If we're being honest, right? It's been mostly a positive pod, especially considering it's a loss. Um, he looked he looked a little out of his comfort zone early on. He got completely broken off his first defensive play. Yeah. Like he had a nice assist on the first offensive possession. Defensively, he got turned around backwards and ended up facing the basket at the free throw line. Wise man hit a pull up J, and I was like, yeah. "Ooh, that's not great." Yeah, but I mean, we have to consider. He is 29, highly decorated overseas, veteran player, has a lot of experience under his belt, but this game is so different. I would almost argue the preseason is more running gun, kind of street ball open style than the regular season will be, which is quite the opposite of international play where it's half court centric and 
you're running sets and when you're defending a player it's in half court settings versus like this isolation you know run at your run at the rim um the improvement we saw just in like the single game flow was impressive like he looked very different from the first minute he was on the floor to the last minute he was on the floor. Mm-hmm. I think we'll see that in the regular season too. Um, the adjustment based on what you saw tonight, which is essentially nothing compared to what we're going to see big picture. Um, do you have confidence in him being the backup point guard for this team that can facilitate the offense and not have a major drop off? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Kind of. Like, I thought offensively he looked really, really good. Um, first three was like three feet short. Mm-hmm. Man was still used to that Euro three-point line. <laughs> but settled in a little bit. I thought the passing translates. Yeah. The passing absolutely translates. It's the defensive side that we were worried about. That's what you're going to continue to be worried about. I think he'll be able to be surrounded by good defenders and play at least good high IQ team defense. Even if he might struggle at the point of attack defense, I imagine they're going to hide him a lot on that end. Um, I mean, is he going to be a 28 minute off the bench, sixth man type of guy? So hard to say. It still kind of remains to be seen. I've been pretty impressed with what Kaysen Wallace has done so far okay, as well. Let, let me let me kind of bring him into the conversation. We talked on yesterday's pod about which one of those two guys kind of gets more minutes off the bench. Again, it's a one-game sample size. But what I saw tonight almost would suggest we're going to see a lot of them together. I could see that for sure. Where Kaysen with with... Vasa's lack of defensive upside. Kaysen takes kind of the better guard. Vasa takes, he may guard like, think of a, a small forward that kind of parks in the corner, not a, not a big movement guy. Like he may guard that dude mm-hmm. on defense and let Kaysen take like a point of attack kind of role. Offensively, Vasa will be the lead guard, casing and playoff ball. Um, I almost think we're going to see a lot of them together. That wouldn't surprise me at all. If they're the two guards kind of coming off the bench, um, wouldn't shock me in the slightest. I've I've been pretty impressed with what Kaysen has done in the first two preseason games. I think he's going to get minutes. I think he's going to play for this team. Yeah. Now, I think Kaysen had his welcome to the NBA moment tonight because there was a possession where it was one of Kaysen's first possessions in the game where he stepped out to guard Jaden Ivey and then the next thing Kaysen knew, Jaden was at the rim laying it in, and Kaysen had only taken one step. Yeah. And it was like, holy shit, that guy yep. can move. He can. Also, Jaden Ivey should not have got rid of the braids. I, also, I don't I don't like he, the new look. I thought Jaden Ivey moved quick. I saw Thompson. Holy shit, yeah. that dude is quick twitch. Yes. Yes. Like, holy He's God. fun to watch, man. Yeah. He is fun to watch. Um, yeah, I could see them both playing together for sure. Um, I thought they 
they both kind of settled in as the game went on. Kaysen hit a big three down the stretch of the game. Um, offensive rebounds for Kaysen has been like a really big thing as well so far. Um, just the the toughness, physicality, doing the dirty work type of stuff. Um, really liking what I'm seeing out of Kaysen. Yeah, 100%. Um, for post games this year, I think just for our listeners' uh, knowledge, we're shooting for 20 to 30 minutes and we're already at 25. So Jacob, anything else that stuck out to you that we haven't talked about yet. That's, I mean, Usman Jang looks solid. Um, Kendrick Williams left with a, an injury that we don't know the severity of. There could have been a tweet post game I haven't seen yet, but I don't think we know the severity as of yet. Um, Isaiah Joe still firing away, shooting threes. Anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? Yeah. So one quick note data point, and then we're out of it. Um, Isaiah Joe just seems way more aggressive going at the basket, which I think is cool. Yeah. Um, but Usman Jang, I want to touch on that one just real quick, Nick. Yeah. Two games in, I, I tweeted tonight. I don't know if I've ever seen Us and Jada play as physical of a basketball game as they did tonight. That first half run by Usman Jang, some of those defensive rebounds in traffic, getting the ball over the top of guys and just using his body. There was a play late in the game where he came off a screen. Um, went right into James Wiseman's chest, knocked him off his spot and hit a layup. That is stuff that would have blown our freaking minds last summer league. Yeah. I mean, I remember you and I sitting in the stands together at summer league, whenever the thunder played the Houston Rockets last year, talking about like he shies away from contact. It looks very different through these first two preseason games. He talked in preseason media availability about wanting to be more aggressive and, and wanting to be more physical. And that's what he worked on over the summer. And you can see it. Yeah. And if He's, he, if he hits Nick, if he hits and Sam Presti drafted Chet Holmgren, J-Dub and Usman Jang in that draft. I mean, I don't know if there's ever been a, a draft for a GM, a single draft class. That's like that good. Yeah. In like the past 20 years. It's very impressive. Um, I mean, it's the only thing I can think of is like the Luca Brunson draft, which ended mm-hmm. up being like two, like number one type option guys in the same draft. Yeah, but but Dub and Chet, I mean, the trajectory Are already they're that. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you add Jang to the mix. You add a solid role player in Jay Will. Like, yeah, that draft class has the potential to be special for Sam Presti. Yeah, agreed. Um, Sunday game. Charlotte Hornets. That's the next time that we'll be watching games, podcasting. I assume we'll do the standard 9 p.m. Yeah, even though the game's at 4, we'll be over about 6.30. We're still going live at 9 on Sunday. Perfect. That's a road game. Spectrum Center in Charlotte. That team's got a lot of stuff going on. Um, Should be a good one. Again, like Jacob mentioned, I think we saw the starting five tonight. I don't think we'll see them in that game. But I almost think at this point, we've seen what we need to see from the starting five. Let's get some of these young, unproven guys some reps. And um, whether it's the Bucks game, game four, or the last Pistons game, game five, to wrap up the postseason or the, the preseason, I think we'll see this, this starting group play significant minutes one more time. Um, but like Jacob said, we'll be back with you guys. 9 p.m. standard Sunday night show after the Hornets game. If you have questions at the Hornets game, shoot us a DM, shoot us a tweet. We'll talk about it. 
Till we see you guys next time. Thunder up.